Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast, and happy Memorial Day, everyone. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Aniba of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, man? Not too bad, and how was your Memorial Day, Adam? Good, you know, just hanging out, you know, where I am in my neck of the woods in New York. It's been pretty rainy, so not yeah. much going outside, so just a lot of... Uh, Doing stuff around the house, getting everything going, just uh, hanging out with the family. Yeah, me too, but I will say this. You know, nothing, no bad weather will stop me from getting my hot dog on Memorial Day. I'm telling you this right now, because as you know, I'm a hot dog fanatic. I put hot dogs oh, in yeah. everything. It's crazy. I put hot dogs in my chili last time. It's crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> I know. But I love it. Hey, do you have a favorite hot dog at all? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty basic. You know, I like, uh, if I have a preference, I like all beef hot dogs. You yeah, know, just yeah. um, um, you know, maybe some a little bit sauerkraut, some um, spicy nice. mustard. But other than that, I don't like it loaded. I'm not big on those on, on those. But um, yeah, yeah, anything like well, that, especially on the grill, that's my favorite way to have it. Totally true. And actually, I love my chili dogs as well. But I have to say, coming from Chicago, I gotta love that Chicago dog, man. No ketchup. You know, you guys got that big dill pickle on top, and you got the celery salt and some mustard. And some chopped uh, chopped onions and chopped uh, chopped tomatoes. It's a meal, man. It's just, it's good stuff. You gotta try that if you haven't tried it. I love my hot dogs. I gotta tell you. And uh, and I can tell you that I actually had a little hot dog taste test today. My my, my conclusion on that is I like them all. They're all good. <laughs> I haven't met a hot dog I haven't liked. Can't go wrong. And, exactly. All right. So we got plenty to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Julio Jones. Our thoughts on who may be some of the top impact rookies in the 2021 NFL season and much much more. So let's get this rolling. All right, the Julio Jones saga continues on from what we discussed on our show last week. We have a few more interesting updates. First, late last week, ESPN's Deanna Rossini reported that there's a, quote, sense around the league that Julio Jones could be traded as early as next week, which means this week, as the Falcons have discussed several trade offers for Jones thus far, including an offer for a future first-round pick from an undisclosed team. Rossini also reported that the Titans are, quote, a long shot to add Jones despite A.J. Brown's social media campaign, which actually was quite impressive. He did a lot on social media to try to get Jones over there. And then there's a rumors that uh, the Chiefs may be interested in getting Jones and creating a super team on offense, but Sports Illustrated Albert Breer said that the Chiefs' salary cap issues look to be impeding the team's ability to acquire him. Patrick Mahomes' cap hits. $35.79 million in 2022, and Tyreek Hill jumps up to $20.50 million by next season, and Travis Kelce goes from $8.9 to $14.65 million in 2023, as well as cap hits from Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Joe Sonny starting in 2022. So perhaps the Chiefs are out of it now. But then over the past weekend, PFT's Mike Florio reported that the Titans have emerged as the favorites to trade for Jones. The, quote, current expectation is the Falcons would trade Jones to the Titans for a second-round pick. This conflicts with the previous reports we read that the Falcons have a first-round offer on the table for Jones and that the Titans are, quote, a long shot to land him. But then Rossini added in this last weekend that the Seahawks have, quote, had discussions about acquiring Jones and that Jones and Russell Wilson have, quote, spoken to discuss the possibility of playing together. Wow, there's so much information there. The initial thought was that right. the Patriots 
Colts, Raiders, and 49ers are the teams to bet on to land Jones. But the Titans and Seahawks now pulling ahead. Adam, what do you make for all this mess? I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, I think, you know, similar to the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, you've got, you know, some, some, some tension. Um, and I think that although they have DK Metcalf and the other weapons, I think that they're looking for something to put them over the top. So to me, yeah. Seattle really makes the most sense. Um, but what you have to understand is compensation is going to be important. And, you know, we'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons in a little bit. But, you know, if they move Julio Jones, they are depleted. He is not yeah. only, you know, their top weapon, you know, you're, it's a significant drop-off after him, even though they, you know, they added a stud in the draft at tight end. But I think that they're probably the best play, not only to give compensation, but possibly, you know, to go down that roster and maybe add, you know, a, a wide receiver. I don't know if Tyler Lockett might be a little too rich. I don't think that'll happen. But they, they do have right. some other talent on that roster. So I think, you know, we're not only talking about picks, probably, you know, players too. But to me, Seattle makes the most sense. Everyone else is going to be talked about, but I think in the end, this just because their window is closing because right. the way that team is built right now, granted, you know, Russell Wilson is getting a ton of money, but their their window is really closing. Either, although DK Metcalf is young, I think this yeah. is the time you add someone like Julio Jones, it makes perfect sense if they really want to contend this year. And it will really make Russell Wilson happy. As we all know, he was a little right. bit disgruntled about their management of his offensive line and his targets. And he was the rumor of uh, moving on during the offseason obviously didn't happen. But, you know, adding Julio Jones should make Russell Wilson happy. And the fact that he's spoken offline already, I think, speaks volumes. You know, the quarterback wants him. Right. And they haven't done anything yet. And they have the ability to get him. Why not? Right. So I agree with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. Although the Titans, man, that A.J. Brown, he's working hard. He's working really hard oh, to get yeah. Julio Jones over there to Tennessee. All right, we'll see what's going on. Maybe we'll get another update yet again later on if this doesn't sort itself out. But I think one thing we know for sure, Julio Jones is as good as gone from ATL. Yep. yep. All right, let's hit the boxing bell on that and let's get to the main event. Let's talk about the 2021 season. As we all know, rookies can really impact teams immediately and look no further than last year with Chase Young in Washington, Tristan Wirfs in Tampa Bay, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, and of course, Justin Herbert in LA with the Chargers, all of which had immediate impact on their respective teams. So let's turn the page, shall we, to 2021 and look into our crystal ball and talk about who we think the top potential impact rookies in 2021 will be. So I'm going to go through a list here that Adam and I put together before the show and get our collective thoughts on them, starting with offense. All right. So Adam, let's start with Najee Harris running back drafted in the first round by the Pittsburgh Steelers, filling a huge void in the Steelers backfield of James Conner gone. What are your thoughts on Harris's immediate impact on the Steelers? Well, you know, you talk about Conner he's a better prospect than Connor ever was. So this is yeah. going back to, you know, when they had Le'Veon Bell and even going further back than that. Yeah. This is a this is a position that they've lacked for a long time. And even Bell, when he was there, he was more of a tweener guy. So I'd argue that this, this is probably one of the most legit backs since they've had since the bust and, you know, Bam Morris, because I just don't see any running backs that they have had in the past, over the past 15, 10, 15 years that can have the kind of impact. But if you watch the Alabama tape, it's not just what yeah. he does in the run game. This guy is a legit receiver. It's just at Alabama, they were loaded. They did not need him to be that stud, you know, uh, pass catching back. But I think he fits perfect what they're looking to do. 
I think mm-hmm. that with Ben Roethlisberger, arguably this is probably going to be his last year. I think he needs a safety blanket. They added some other weapons at tight end, but I think this is the guy that's going to get you that tough yard. And he, they're going to they're going to use him a lot this year. So I see no reason that this guy could be up there with you know the offensive rookie of the year candidates. But my question with Pittsburgh is, what do they do with the offensive line? I just didn't see him enough done. They lost, you know, right. which I thought was, you know, yep. a really underrated loss. I think he was a staple in their game. They had a retirement from one of the Pouncey brothers. So I think that they're in a hole. With, there's a lot of question marks on the offensive line, but on pure talent alone, Harris has the ability to really make, you know, bring Pittsburgh back to, you know, the old smash mouth days. But, again, he offers a lot in the receiving game as well. Yeah, I always like what not Harris brings table, and you're right. I think he really does fit what the Steelers are trying to do. He is going to be a true three-down back for them. The question is, do you think as a rookie that he's going to get 300 touches? Do you think he's going to approach 300 touches this camp, this this rookie campaign? I I definitely do because I think they're going to lean on him heavily because it's you know although they have some receiving weapons in the end in their division, if they can't run the ball, they don't have a chance. So. Right. I don't think that using him on a situational role is going to do anything, and I don't think they would have used such a high pick on him if they were going to yeah. say, this is a pick for to win now for Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think you pick him this high. I think you get a running back later in the draft if you have that idea. So to me, I think he's probably going to be you know up in the top five in the league as far as carries. Yep, I agree. And if for you for you fantasy football fans out there, I think he is a worthy second or third round Definitely. draft consideration because he is going to have every opportunity to run away with this uh, job, and there's going to be a lot of carries for him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets you know between two and four targets a game as well, just because um, he is a dynamic guy, and you want to get him the ball and see what he can do with it. So Najee Harris, folks, really interesting. Let's get to the next guy here. I'm really excited about this guy, and I'm wondering what you think about him. Jamar Chase, wide receiver, drafted by Cincinnati in the first round, playing now with his old college quarterback, Joe Burrow, in Cincinnati. What do you think about him? What are your, what are your thoughts on Chase's immediate impact on the Steelers? Well, you know, he, I'm sorry. For, 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 we're talking about Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati. I'm sorry <laughs> for the Bengals. <laughs> I for the Bengals. I lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I'm sure the um, Steelers, Steelers fans are angry. So are Bengals fans. I pissed off both fan bases all in they, one they blow wish. there. All right, Jamar Chase wish is they Cincinnati. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know the, 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 the situation is he's walking into a wide receiver room that has T. Higgins and already Tyler Boyd. I think Boyd is a guy. He's a guy to watch in fantasy this year. A sneaky guy that's probably going to be up there really getting close to that nine, eight, 900 yard mark, five, six touchdowns. So I think when you add Chase to that, that group right there, I think they've, they've made some solid additions to that offensive line for Burroughs. So that would be my concern going in is what did they do on the offensive line? They had a Jackson Carmen, which was a guy I loved coming into the draft. <clears throat> and they also got Deontay Smith was another offensive tackle I loved out of uh, East Carolina. Yep. So they really made an attempt to really solidify that line, especially the bookends. And, you know, they actually have the options for both of those guys if they somehow don't work out to move them inside. So once you have Chase and Burrow together, I think all the rest is going to fall into place. Again, overall, the defense, what do they do? They got rid of Atkins. They, you know, they got rid of a lot of players. So offensively, they're definitely going to be an exciting team to watch, but I think you're going to see a lot of games where, you know, they're giving up 30, 40 points, but definitely seeing, you know, Chase run away, you know, against some of the top NFL DBs, it's going to be exciting to watch over there in Cincinnati. Yeah, totally agree. I think it's going to be really fun to watch him. And, you know, he was so productive in college. I mean, 107 passes for 2,093 yards, an average of 19.6 per reception, 23 touchdowns in 27 games at LSU. 
Um, you know, obviously he's comfortable with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. So, you know, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit here. Very exciting to see what Cincinnati can do there. And I know there was lots of excitement there when Joe Burrow was actually starting before the injury. I think he'll be back 100%. All the reports are he'll be back 100%. So very excited to see what happens there. Let's get to the guy that we all had a man crush on in the, in the uh, before the draft. It's Kyle Pitts, of course, tight end, first-round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. As we just talked about, Julio Jones is as good as gone. Calvin Ridley signed for the long haul. But what will this athletic freak do in ATL? What do you think, Adam? Well, you know, first you're going to look at New Orleans Saints, how they utilize Jimmy Graham. But the thing is, once they move Julio, that 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 role is going to be expanded. So I think you're going to see him in line only on three receiver sets. I think for the most part, when you see them going to, you know, 12 personnel, he can even be flexed out. They could have another tight end yeah. in line. So I think he's the kind yep. of guy they're going to split out. They're going to just do a lot of creative things. Just for everything post-draft, I heard what they had in mind. Um, but, again, you're moving Julio Jones, so you're bringing in a rookie, all the pressure on the world. You have Calvin Ridley. They really didn't do much else. You know, we have another wave of free agency that, you know, a lot of fans forget that those post-June 1st designations are coming now, This you know, starting tomorrow. So yeah. I, I'm looking for Atlanta to add some pieces, regardless if they move Jones. But, man, the pressure is going to be on Kyle Pitts. If this guy comes out what I think he's going to do in that 800,000-yard range, you know, probably get you, you know, anywhere from six to eight touchdowns, that, 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 that will blow me away. Because if he could do that with this offense with all the attention on him, I'll be shocked. Right. But I think once they move Joe, uh, Julio, I think he'll, he'll definitely have the work cut out for it. He, you know, he's going to see a lot of double teams, so he could have a tough year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And But, um, you know, again, the, the dynamic athleticism that he showed in college, 100 passes caught – for 1,492 yards, averaging 14.9 per reception, 18 touchdowns in 32 games at Florida. It, it's going to be exciting. You know, we've talked enough about Kyle Pitts. Where I just want to see him play. I just want to see him play at this point. It's exciting stuff. All right, let's talk to the next, the next guy. And this is guy, a guy who has had no lack of, uh, of discussion around the league. Trevor Lawrence, drafted first overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of discussion about what type of impact he has. He's definitely had an impact in the fan base. So what do you think? What's the impact of Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, it, it's immediate because <clears throat> you look what they've had down there, and, you know, everyone's got excited, for, you know, from the undrafted, you know, the story they have over there, of the late-round guys. But yeah. in the end, you know, this, this, is, this is a true franchise quarterback. Urban Meyer, I don't think he comes into a lot of NFL situations if it's not like this. So not only do you have Trevor Lawrence, you know, you have a guy I really like last year. Uh, there was some, you know, he had a little bit of nagging injuries coming in, but LaVishka Chenault from Colorado, he was yep. a guy really, really high on. So I, I'm expecting big things. So they already have a unit with DJ Clark, who I expect to continue. You know, you know that guy is a speedster. They have uh, Marvin Jones, who was out in free agency, and another speedster in Philip Dorsett. He's bouncing around a little bit in New England, Indianapolis. But, you know, that's a guy that you can just, you know, plug and play in the slot. So Trevor Lawrence is going to have instant weapon, and he's already walked into a situation with James Robinson running back over there. I'll be honest yep. with you. You know, we'll get, to, we'll get to another guy that they selected. But James yep. Robinson last year, you know, 1,070 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 344 Brilliant. receiving yards, three touchdowns, so 10 touchdowns combined. And they went with Travis Etienne. So, to me, uh, that was yeah. the biggest surprise of the, probably the first two rounds. But I think when you add all those pieces up that I mentioned, see me, to me, as long as Trevor Lawrence can stay upright, as long as that offensive line is constructed right, this offense could quickly become one of the top units in the league. So, as far as fantasy owners, this is a team to watch because I think 
there'll be you know there'll be enough balls to get around but i think guys like you know dj clark could really jump out this year and get you know 11 1200 yards 10 touchdowns in fantasy because trevor lawrence we saw it with you know higgins we saw the other guys that he locked on to yeah you know, he'll move the ball around but he'll find that guy that he likes but now you have travis Etienne. that's an interesting situation to watch because i really think that uh, people are concerned with James Robinson and him. How is it going to work? I think that with Urban Meyer, you're going to see both of them in the game at the same time. Etienne is going to be one of the top receivers. I have him probably finish off the season as the top, you know, the second receiving um, uh, weapon for their offense. So I think in the end, it might take some time to get together, to get all the pieces, the chemistry together. But I just think Trevor Lawrence, is he's not hype. He, he's exactly what's built, you know, everything we talked about. And I think by having all these weapons around him immediately, that's just going to give him a, you know, that's one thing that a lot of teams neglected to do is either add offensive line of weapons. We saw with Andrew Luck, you know, in Indianapolis, but I think this team has enough on the offensive line and more than enough in the passing game for him to be, you know, instantly rookie of the year candidate for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And of course, everyone looking forward to the week four of the 21-21 season, Jackson Jack, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals, little Trevor Lawrence v. Joe Burrow action a little bit of a rematch of that college football playoff national championship. I think that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun, fun right there. All right. Let's get on to the next guy. Let's go to Javante Williams, the running back selected by Denver in the second round. They traded up with Atlanta to get him. You know, Melvin Gordon, Phil, uh, Phil Lindsay's still there. Gordon in his last year, maybe facing a potential suspension from a drink, drinking and driving incident. And Lindsay always complimentary. What do you think that Williams will do in Denver? Yeah, a lot of people were scratching their heads, and I, and I didn't understand why. Because I don't the, the guys that you just mentioned, Lindsey, you know, and the other one, I don't Gordon, think that yep. that's enough to yeah to stop you from taking a guy. Javante is a game changer. So I yep. think again, the question in Denver is that offensive line. You know, they had they lost one of one of their top bookends for the year after signing him. So I don't know how this offensive line is going to shape out. Um, you know, we talked about the guy last week, Morgan Moses. You know, that that's a good fit in Denver. So um, I think if the, until they get that offensive line together, uh, he might have some growing pains. But we saw in North Carolina what he did. They had a two-headed oh, attack yeah. with uh, Michael Carter that uh, actually got picked up by the Jets. And that offensive line was not a good one. So he made a lot, uh, you know, he gained a lot of yards on his own. So I yep. think that's a perfect situation in Denver. Um, <laughs> you know, the quarterback situation, well, we'll see how that's going to go out. <laughs> but I think there's going to be – you know, we talk about the running backs. There's going to be more than enough carries to go around because I think although they have a ton of weapons in the receiver game, they're not going to do anything unless, you know, they really dedicate to that run. And I, and I don't think they have a chance unless they get Javante Williams. So, you know, great ad. I think that immediately puts them, you know, at least in contention to be that middle-of-the-pack team. As far as Totally agree. Goes. Yeah, I totally agree. I love, love the pick, and particularly in the second round. All right, next guy. First round, infamous trade with the Cowboys, leapfrogging the Giants, taking Devontae Smith at the Philadelphia Eagles. What type of impact will Devontae Smith have with Jalen Hurd behind center in Philly? I'll tell you, as a Washington fan, I, could, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, the two teams, you know, did business <laughs> with each other, first of all. I know. Um, and then, again, Philadelphia, I, I, I understand what they're doing. You know, they, they, they made a move up. We got Jalen Rieger last year. Um, yep. They have Travis Fulgham. Um, but I'm telling you, it, it's the running backs that they're not nobody's talking about with them because they have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and they added, you know, Kerryon Johnson from Detroit. That's the yep. guy that when I had him coming in, I had him and Darius Geis as two backs that I thought could have a real impact in both. You know, one fell flat for one reason, and Johnson actually has had some nagging injuries. But I think now in the draft they added Gainwell. 
So <clears throat> when you have talent like that, Devontae right. Smith, I, I think the pressure will be on him, but I don't think all eyes are going to be on him. So I think he's going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. And yep. in that situation, I think that's a guy to watch. But, again, the quarterback pay. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I don't know why right. anybody am I. as far as, you know, a, a true passing quarterback. He's a dual threat. I think more what you should expect for him is, you know, 150 to maybe 200 yards passing if you're lucky. More yep. likely, you know, 60 to 80 yards on the ground. So, fantasy-wise, uh, you know, sorry for Devontae Smith as an Alabama fan. I think he just went into a bad situation until they mm-hmm. solidify that quarterback position because I just don't think that Harris uh, that Hurts is the guy. But man, Devontae Smith, look out for him in the division. I think you you see you saw what the Giants did, you saw what Washington did, and obviously what Dallas did by addressing you know the cornerback position. Teams, yep. you know, they're playing chess at NFC East, so I think they made a move after the Giants got Galladay, and I think that you know he's going to have a great great career for years to come, regardless of you know what happens to the quarterback situation. But Philadelphia, oh. they're a team that's probably more on that bottom level in the East right now, but they have an offense that definitely is on the rise. Totally agree, and I love Devontae Smith as a college player, and I, I, I think he's going to be a dynamic. All right, now we're going to get a guy that obviously I love talking about, and I will not talk about him. I'll just let you talk about him. It's Justin Fields, the quarterback, selected by the Chicago Bears. Obviously, this we saw this before. They've traded away their future to move up and grab a QB, QB at 11th overall. We saw this happen in which they moved up and, and got Mitchell Trubisky, which uh, for a situation that I will forever be known to me as the Trubisky travesty. What an impact that! Uh, what impact do you think that Justin Fields will have, though? Because obviously we don't know. But what impact do you think he'll have in the QB room, consisting of just a newly added Andy Dalton and former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles? Yeah, I, I think that he probably won't see time early because of that. If they didn't have Foles as well, I'd say we probably see him in you know maybe fifth, sixth game of the year. But I think between Dalton and Foles. Those guys will probably take up most of the year. Uh, you know, in the end, you know, as a realist, as I think should. you're looking at Chicago, yeah. you know, as, as probably maybe a five, six win team in the end. So if, if they start to get towards the end of the season, the last four or five games, I think some injuries. But honestly, in the end, I think the best case scenario for Fields is not to play because I think Agreed. with Maggie, let them develop, develop a system from it. Don't be impatient because going to the, you know, I'm not, not, I'm not about tanking at all. But the best case scenario, really, for Chicago is to really be in that top ten in the draft, go back there, address other positions that could really, you know, surround Fields with talent. Because we know what they have on defense; they need to add pieces. They can do that in free agency and other parts of the, you know, the draft. But early on next year for the draft, they need to just continue to add weapons. Once they do that, you'll see what Justin Fields can do. Because I said there's only a few situations. I like the Chicago situation with Nagy, but he needs more weapons over there. So. I think that right. give him time, get going. It's going to be a rough year, year for the Chicago offense. But I like this defense enough, like I said, to get them five, six wins. So, you know, patient. Worst case is he gets playing early. But if he actually comes into camp and he looks so good that he plays early, that's, that, that's a good sign because I think from Nagy, he's not going to play him if he's not the best quarterback in the room. So, I agree. Are, like I said, patience is, is, is the word for, for Fields. Right. Put him in the best position to – succeed because we've had too many failures at quarterback in Chicago. Let's get to the next guy. I love this guy, actually, and I love this pick. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, selected in the first round by the Baltimore Ravens. They've been hurting for receiving options out there, but is Bateman the answer? What do you think? Uh, Tough situation. It's not that I don't think Lamar Jackson can't be that guy, 
But, man, they better open it up a little bit because the way they're doing it, they've, they've started to be a little more predictable with, with NFL defenses, and I think it's, it's been evident. But now right. you're talking about you added Tylen Wallace, another guy that's a sneaky, underrated guy from OK State. But then they have Hollywood Brown, and they added Sammy Watkins and free agents. People forget and also have Miles Boykin, the 6'5 guy at Notre Dame. So right. they have enough weapons. The question is, is, the offensive line, they made some moves. Is it built? to be a, you know, a passing game that's, you know, load the box and dare them to throw. So that's what I'm, I'm waiting to see. How much do they trust Lamar Jackson? Because I think he has the arm and he has the accuracy to really good, good, be good. Uh, Rashad Bateman, what I like about him, it's not just that, you know, he can be that big play guy, but I like that he can get you that underneath stuff, you know, a little shade under six, I think shade under six, three, but they had him clocked in under 4-4 four, four to 40. I, I think that's a little generous, but still, you're talking about him and uh, Hollywood Brown likely being on the outside, Sammy Watkins, you know, rotating with those guys. So I think that they have the ability to be really good, but I'm just not sold on the, the Baltimore passing game yet. I, I have to see more from them. But I think that he has the ability to be really good if, if, if everything right. comes together for them. I, I agree with that. All right, so we're believe it or not, we, we're actually running short on time. So I'm going to go a lightning round. It's going to be 30 seconds on each of these guys. But I'm going to ask the, uh, these two guys together because they kind of go hand in hand. Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore, quarterback, wide receiver, taken first and second round by the New York Jets. What's the impact of Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore? Uh, great situation. Uh, they already had Denzel Mims at one receiver. They added Corey Davis. Yep. Um, they had uh, Mika Becton as one bookend, and then now Elijah Vera Tucker. They'll have the option to uh, move him inside, play him outside on the offensive line. A great situation for Zach Wilson. I mentioned um, the other North Carolina running back. But, yeah, I think it's, again, growing pain, but this offense has a really high ceiling. Totally agree, and I'm, I'm excited to see And it's quietly becoming a really good receiver room over there. All right, let's switch yeah. over to the defensive side because I want to pay some love to the defense here because there's a lot of great prospects. Uh, going to hit the NFL in the new season. And let's start with your Washington football team of Jamin Davis, linebacker, first-round pick. What do you think? Uh, great pick. You're talking about he's going to Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, the quarterback, uh, the, the linebacker whispers. Uh, this is yep. arguably the best front line in football. You know, you're talking about Chase Young, Deron Payne, John Allen, Montez Sweat, and your reserves is Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle, oh, two guys oh, that can arguably start for 90% of the team. You know, yes, you have all the returning guys, and they've added Bobby, Bobby McCann's free safety. You know, Landon Collins is coming in with not a whole lot of expectations after uh, the rookie Cam Crow had a breakout year as a strong safety. So by adding Jamin Davis, will he be that Mike linebacker early on? From what I've heard, him, Holcomb, and others, uh, Boston could really, you know, switch up that role. But in the end, once you've seen Jamin Davis's tape uh, year, the last two years, how he's got better, he's a cerebral player. The Kentucky coaches rave about how smart he is. So in a Mike linebacker, it's more than just talent. It, it's that football IQ. So I think he's in a perfect situation. Defensive rookie yep. of the year is a little high expectation. Um, I'll, settle for, I'll settle for four sacks, four interceptions. That's <laughs> what I can see from Jamin Davis year one. I think he's just got, it's just going to be a game changer for Washington. Love it. I, do, I totally agree with that as well. I think it's going to be instant impact there. Let's go to Trevon, uh, Trevon Morig, the safety in Las Vegas, Texan in the second round. What's his impact? You know, they've been searching. It was Carl Joseph. You know, they, they, the, the round-robin room that they've had for a few years, especially since Gruden's arrived. But I think 
somehow he slipped, and I'm really confused because I had that guy as a top 20 prospect. So right. maybe the, 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 some of these scouts are seeing something different, but I think we've seen some weird things with Mayock and them, and I think they for once really truly got a steal. So I yep. think instant impact, he comes in, you're talking about a guy that can be in the top in the rookie class, you know, three interceptions, he's a ball hawk, you can line up against the line. I think there are some questions is how can he play, you know, close to the line. There are some, you know, what's his flexibility with that, what's his range. But as far as the deep cover safety, I think that's where his role is day one. I think you just have him back there and you just you just let him fly, let him play his game. But I think the Raiders definitely have some upside with, you know, a lot of question marks all over the place. But, man, what a steal to get him so late in the draft. Totally. They finally got it right. They finally got one right. All right, let's right. go with the next guy on the list here. Jalen Phillips, edge rusher, taken in the first round by the Miami Dolphins. What's his impact with the Dolphins? Oh, man. You know, <clears throat> this is an extremely underrated pick because I think he comes in day one. He'll be able to give you, you know, six, seven sacks. The question is, what have they done around him? I, 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 I'm still looking into Miami's defense coming into the season enough. I think they, they added some great pieces on offense. But for him, he'll have an instant impact. But, again, he's going to have a lot of growing pains going against some of the premier uh, tacklers in the league. All right. Yeah, now I'm going to give you uh, these four together. And I want you to talk about them and, and tell me which ones you're most excited about. Asante Samuel taken in the second round by the Los Angeles Chargers, cornerback taken late in the second round, actually. Aziz Ujulari, the edge rusher for the New York Giants, taken in the second round. Andre Sisco, the safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars, taken in the third round. And Richie Grant, the safety for the Atlanta Falcons, taken in the second round. Which one of those are you the most excited about and, and why? Yeah, it's not even close for me. Richie Grant is another guy with Trayvon Moore. He slipped. He was a guy at the Senior Bowl. I wrote about him coming in, and I just thought he was a guy that just has a lot of position flexibility. You talk about a strong safety, free safety, cornerback, can play all those roles close to the line. I think when they Atlanta invested in Keanu Neal, we saw how that went. You know, yep. Now he's moving to linebacker with Dallas, but I think they finally found a true free safety in Atlanta. Um, Asante Samuel, that's another guy that can really be good, but again, question marks with injuries. But man, Richie Grant out of UCF, to me, that's one of the premier uh, DBs in this class to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yep, totally. Really exciting stuff. And of course, we've now hit the end of the show. Hitting the air horn on the show. Amazing stuff there. We really crammed that in, man. That was a lot of information sure. to get in to one show there. Uh, that probably should have been extra. I should have made that one extra value size uh, just to get that all in, but it's fantastic. All right. So next week, folks, next week, folks, yeah. big, 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 big June 7th. We have a huge special guest. We have four time pro bowler, two time Super Bowl champ, the most rambunctious member of the posse wide receiver, Gary Clark, formerly of the Washington Redskins will be joining us. Oh man. I cannot wait for that. That is going to be something else, uh, my friend. This is, I know it's your dream come oh, true. That's, that's, and that's, good. that's goosebumps. That's goosebumps just talking about it. You know, first for me it was Rick Doc <laughs> Walker. Now yes. it's him. You know, my mission is to keep finding these guys to keep coming. But Gary Clark, you know, was able to talk to him, you know, briefly. Um, and it sounds like he's excited to come on too just to, you know, talk some shop. But, Man, I, again, dream come true. Really excited. You know, we'll be definitely promoting this a lot on social media, uh, you know, this whole coming week. Yeah, I know we are super excited about this. It's going to be so much fun. So definitely tune in for that. Adam, why don't you give us uh, your social media so people can follow you? Uh, yeah, definitely check me out uh, on Twitter, B&G Report, 
And always, always uh, go to my website, theburgundyandgoldreport.com. We didn't yes, talk sir. about it tonight. Uh, Zach Ertz, uh, looks like he's going to be released uh, come tomorrow morning in the next 48 hours. Uh, i got an article dropping very soon. Uh, check it out, theburgundyandgoldreport.com. That's right. If you're a football fan, don't miss it. Go check it out right away. It's good stuff, folks. We wouldn't lie to you. We wouldn't lie to you. We always shoot you, we always shoot you straight here. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, when we talk to NFL great Gary Clark. Yeah, yeah. Your NFL week. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.